You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have a fascinating session where we're going to bring back Andrew Colvin, who is someone who has brought us back or reminded us of one of the more interesting characters in the paranormal field, someone who has really gained a controversial reputation in UFO research, John Keel, somebody that I knew early on. But we'll get to that in a moment. Now, the other thing we'll talk about here is last week we featured Barry Chamish on the Paracast. And if I sound like I'm chuckling, understand that this guy is one of the more controversial guests. And what first made him controversial, by the way, is the fact that he has a rather unusual patter or rhythm to his voice. And he sounds like maybe we met him on the Lower East Side of New York City. That's not true, actually. He's from Canada. <laughs> I know some of you had difficulty understanding him, and the key is to get into his rhythm, okay? If you get into the rhythm of how he speaks, you can understand it. It's just like, for example, I'm trying to understand Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the only way you do it is to get into the rhythm of his speech. And then you ask the question that you have somebody who is well-educated and has been in America for many years, has a couple of college degrees, but has not learned to ditch that accent, which I don't understand. But enough of Arnold and back to Barry Chamish. He made a few controversial remarks. And some people are saying to me that he's not too favorable towards Jewish people, such as me. And that disturbs me greatly. Now, on the Paracast, we're happy to have different points of view. We're certainly happy to subject people to critical questioning where that is appropriate. And we did ask him questions, but of course his pattern is so convoluted it's hard to follow the answers. But there you go. Also, the audio quality wasn't great. I guess his phone is not the best. And also, he was nursing a flu. So there you go. Barry Chamish. Will he be back on the Paracast? I don't know. I'm kind of doubt it. By the way, just the other day, Chris and I spent a full day putting the finishing touches on Stalking the Herd. This is a huge book about cattle mutilations. A lot of people out there are not going to like it because he says things that need to be said, but things that may also be regarded as controversial as a result. And the book should be out. I expect it's going to be sometime in February right now. But I've looked at the page layout. The book looks and reads great. It's got an extensive bibliography, a lot of footnotes, a lot of illustrations. You're going to dig it. I'm not getting any money for this book, by the way. You know, I'm just helping Chris out. There you go. Andrew Colvin, tell our listeners how you got interested in paranormal subjects. Well, that was, uh, that was just personal experience growing up in West Virginia in the late 60s and uh, having uh, personal experiences with uh, all, most of the phenomenon that uh, John Keel wrote about, uh, seeing Mothman, um, having other strange things happen. Uh, you saw Mothman? I did. Well, I don't, you know, uh, it might. Yeah, I saw something flying, a uh, silhouette. And then I saw, five years later, I saw uh, another silhouette 
come out of a tree, which uh, matches certain other descriptions that uh, people don't really associate with Mothman, but it would be more like an elemental or uh, had a hindwalker type of uh, uh, joint structure, like its legs bent backwards, you know, sort of a devilish character. Um, I didn't get, I didn't stick around long enough to really get a good look at it. But uh, it happened in the same place where other people had seen Mothman and uh, flying saucers and, and an alien or two. It's a special spot that I've written about in most of my books. All the action tends to take place around the same place where a uh, school had burned down. So it's sort of the crossroads of old Indian tracks in Mound, West Virginia. The school, we think, may have been burned down by Charles Manson because he lived in the area at the time. That's interesting there. Is it because he lived in the area, or does it sound like a good urban legend, or what? No, he lived on my street, but not when I was there. It was He was living there but in the during the war years, uh, World War II time period, and was friends with uh, Sarah Jane Moore, the lady that shot at President Ford. They both lived there. We suspect he may have burned that burned that school down because he was sort of known for doing that. He had burned he burned another school down in Indiana. Uh, and this particular school was probably housing or 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 uh, not housing, but teaching uh, Jewish uh, Jew, Jewish immigrants who had fled uh, Nazi Germany. And Sarah Jane Moore's family was one of these families. And was and was helping them come into the United States, and uh, and whether we're still not sure what the relationship between those two is. That's something I'd like to ask both of them. Uh, you know, are they? They might even be related. There's Would you really want to talk to a character like that? Though? <laughs> really? No. no, I've put it off <laughs> for another forty years or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you have the paranormal stuff going on. Now, this happened at the time that John Keel was first getting pretty popular in the UFO field, releasing some of his books. So where's the connection? Is it Mothman that led you to John Keel? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, because um, I was back in Charleston, which is the big city there, the, the biggest the state capital where I grew up, pretty much. And I was visiting there in the early 90s, and his Mothman Prophecies book had been reissued, and I saw it at the bookstore and picked it up. And you got you to gotta remember that none of us knew, had any context for what this stuff was. We didn't even know it was called Mothman. We, we, I didn't know it was called Mothman until 1993, because no one in West Virginia heard of the book when it came out in 75. And it wasn't sold there. And so I was just blown away. When I read it, I realized, you know, this explained it all. And so I started uh, reading all of his books and eventually met him 10 years later at the Mothman Festival when they unveiled the statue there in Point Pleasant. Just a question, parenthetically. Did you ever read Gray Barker's book about Mothman, The Silver Bridge? Yeah, in fact, I, I republished that a uh, few years ago and put a, an introduction in there 
about my, you know, just a one page thing about my story and how, how much it had meant to me that he and Keel had, had come to my hometown and, and tried to find out, you know, what was going on. They didn't stick around too long in, in Mound, but what's also called North Charleston. Uh, they, but they, it is mentioned in the Silver Bridge that they went there. Now, in the Silver Bridge, it's more allegorical, I think, isn't it? It doesn't actually describe exact events so much as stuff that almost has a fictional overtone to it. Yes, yes. Although the the chapter about John Keel, there's a couple of them. Uh, Keel told me that he actually wrote them himself. <laughs> and Barker you mean for Barker? Yeah. Ah, that's fascinating. <laughs> so they're, they're very well done. Uh, the other chapters, uh, some of them I like a lot because they 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 ask the question whether or not uh, Indrid Cold may have had it, actually flown around in a flying saucer, which I thought was crazy at the time. But as as time's gone on, I start to wonder if maybe he didn't. There really weren't some sort of drone craft uh, that that were being flown around. You will have to tell us more about this because people who haven't read these books are going to wonder. We're not wondering that we have Andrew Colvin joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners, 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. One in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. 
We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $29.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and comes with free shipping. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, Andrew Colvin joins us. He has written books and republished books and material from John Keel and Gray Barker with regard to lots of paranormal mysteries, including the Silver Bridge. And you're bringing up something towards the end of our segment about someone who had been riding around in a UFO or something and some connection with drones. Would you clarify? Well, uh, my theory is that they were building drones, possibly ex-Nazi or former Nazi saucers uh, in the area, and that this was kept secret. And only today are we starting to see the fruits of that research. So you think that the drones we have today are based on technologies from World War II? Well, the drones that we're seeing today are, are the ones that were being shown are look more like, you know, regular airplanes. But I think they have a whole bunch of them that are probably saucer-like that were not being shown. Now, that, that doesn't a drone explain basically all is a remote-controlled aircraft, if we're going to look at the core definition. So even these little toy airplanes that you use with a remote control and fly with a remote control, those are drones, technically, right? Yes. Um, and I don't know what you call a manned drone, <laughs> exactly, but I believe they probably did have some manned drones back in those days. And there's probably some difficulties with those, and that may be why we don't see a lot of them. You know, that doesn't explain all the UFO sightings. There's a lot of them that I think are indeed paranormal or interdimensional or something, hallucinatory, quasi-hallucinatory maybe. But I think embedded within those, you probably do have some that were actual research projects. 
And it was a good way to hide them, you know, inside of a phenomenon that is unexplainable. So the key being here is that the authorities took advantage of the UFO mystery. But this also creates a situation where you wonder how many UFO events are really due to test aircrafts of some kind. What do you think? I think a lot of them are, you know, people are just, most UFO sightings are just lights in the skies that people can't really identify because they're too far away or it's nighttime and they just see a bright light. And I think some of those are indeed uh, uh, aircraft of some kind. And I've seen the strange UFO myself that I took good photos of that was actually appeared to be changing shape. Now, I don't know if that's a, some sort of new invention or, or just, uh, the ancient phenomenon that uh, Kiel was always writing about. But they're out there. You took photos when and how good are they? Uh, I think I may have mentioned this when I was on last. I think that was right after I had seen it. And I took some photos and put them on my uh, site at uh, uh, blog at fortianswest.com. At one point, it took the shape of a flying humanoid. So I was speculating at the time that you know, maybe this was Mothman, and uh, maybe he can, you know, turn into a UFO. And there's actually a couple of reports from that, from the Keel days, where he interviewed people that saw Mothman fly up into a UFO. Now, some people criticize the scholarship of John Keel. They didn't always spend the proper amount of time going through all the stories to be sure they were factually correct. What's your impression, having looked over all his material? Uh, it seems to me he was more thorough than most, actually. The opposite. Um, and, I, you know, he just sort of, he had the propensity to be a great writer, a uh, dramatic, you know, sort of writer, and I think that maybe gives people the idea that, that there's some flourishes in there that aren't true. But, uh, you know, on the whole, I think he, he, he was out there and doing field work more than most people. And perhaps had a better handle on it than, you know, some of the people that uh, do book research or today, you know, just do some clicks on Google or whatever and, and call that research. He was actually out there interviewing people and getting their firsthand accounts. One of the things that was always interesting about John Keel, as far as I'm concerned, is out of the box thinking. He didn't accept the conventional explanations for ufos he was always stretching the boundaries whether you agree with him or not he got you thinking about things that maybe you didn't consider previously yeah yeah. he did a lot of um he did a lot of research into ancient uh, mythology too which was really time consuming i mean he he went through reams of of old books uh about magic and fairy lore and witchcraft and uh, was able to see that some of these UFO experiences and abduction experiences were very similar to the old, uh, you know, abductions where people or would be uh, taken away by, you know, some strange man in black or <clears throat> have, you know, uh, uh, in some cases, sexual experiences with incubi and succubi that seem to be able to sort of adapt themselves to whatever the cultural norms are at the time. And so people uh, get very confused because it, it, it seems like it could be a, you know, a, a spaceman, you know, in today's lingo, you know, you've got spacemen uh, 
coming into people's bedrooms, whereas in the old days it would have been, you know, a, a, the devil or a, a goat, a goat man or something. And uh, it's very troubling for people. And, and in, so Keel came up with this uh, theory that there's an interface between our minds and this force that causes it to shape shift as time goes along and adapt itself to wherever we are at and attempts seemingly attempts to lead us in certain directions, which Keel thought we should be wary of because they're tricksters. Reminds me, of course, of the book that our own Chris O'Brien did, Stalking the Trickster. Uh, his, his focus on tricksters, yeah. Chris O'Brien has done things like that, where he's trying to find out how the tricksters had its relationship with us. But you see, one of the biggest things about the UFO field is the fact that they look at it in terms of our modern technology. So they seem to be technological. They behave as if they are intelligently controlled. So we view them in that context. And we don't always view what happened earlier in the same way. We think of people who lived in the 15th century or in, in 100 BC, and maybe they're very primitive. So whatever they tell you, you don't take seriously. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, unexplainable, really. I, I think that it is, that there certainly is a hallucinatory, hallucinatory component here. Now, that doesn't mean it's not important or not to be studied. And, and it's even more mysterious, really, that people can, can take trips to other planets on spaceships and things when it clearly uh, couldn't have happened in the way they describe it. I mean, there's just too many cases of that where there has to be, it has to be happening partially in their heads but that doesn't mean make it that doesn't mean it's not real. Well, okay, let's look into that in a moment. We have Andrew Colvin joining us. A lot more to come with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion, we are GCN. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Would you like being an insider? Would you like getting exclusive access to prizes and better deals? Would you like some help in making sure you and your loved ones are prepared for the next disaster or emergency? 
If you answered yes to any of these, here's your simple solution. Join Freeze Dry Guys Survival Insider Club. Not only is your membership free, you get $10 in survival bucks just for signing up. Then you save at least 10% on purchases, plus enjoy insider access to specials, prizes, and other exclusive offers. Since 1970, veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy has been your trusted source for long-lasting, easy-to-make freeze-dried food and dehydrated food, perfect for emergency preparedness, RV travel, and outdoor needs from camping to sailing. Enjoy life as a survival insider. Call Freeze-Dry Guy now at 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, or log on to freezedryguy.com. That's freezedryguy.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and Body Extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for long and healthy life. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we continue with Andrew Colvin. And the point Andrew's making here is that people who report maybe direct encounters with UFO entities or beings, they're not reporting what's really going on. It's being interpreted in the way they understand modern technology. But Andrew, aren't we also assuming here, at least some UFO researchers, that people in the 15th century and 10 BC, they didn't know much of anything. They're too primitive to realize what was going on. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I, I know that they're... Encounter- <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> they're encounter- encountering some kind of force that is real, that, you know, builds these stories for them and takes them on these journeys. And they believe it wholeheartedly. So there's something to be studied there. And that's what Keel was, uh, I think, trying to find out. What's the underlying mechanism? You finally got to meet John Keel 
10 years after you first started reading about his work. Under what circumstances did you meet him? Can you tell us more about it? Uh, well, we met at the uh, festival, Mothman Festival, in 2003. It was the second one, I think, and uh, they unveiled the statue there. And Keel was very uh, available. Um, there weren't a lot of people there at that time because it was new. The festival was new. So we got a lot of, had a lot of opportunities to just drive around with him and check out the TNT areas and things and have lunches. And it was a great time. Everyone really enjoyed it. And it uh, sort of solidified uh, amongst the small group of researchers we had there, solidified us as a group. And, and, and one of the things I write about in the introduction to the two Keel books is is how much paranormal stuff started happening to us after we had met Keel, including hearing voices in the hotel where we were staying while he was there. Do tell more. This is fascinating. So you meet this person. I met John Keel a number of times. I talked to him on the phone. I was at his home in New York City. I never had anything weird happen to me, so maybe I'm lucky or unlucky. Tell us more about the things that happened. He wasn't just playing jokes on you or pranks, was he? Oh, no, no. Um, but about a year before that, we had gone back to this area that I was talking about where we'd all seen Mothman. And we had three of us who had seen him previously were there. And we saw three shimmering beings standing in front of us that I now think were mirror reflections of us somehow. And there was a fourth being that was observing this process. And I think that may have been Mothman. And then a year later, we're at the Low Hotel with Keel staying there. And one of the people that was with me the, a year the year before was there. And she saw the three beings again in the hotel. And at, as she was seeing them, I was in my room. And I was hearing the voices of three people one of whom claimed he was John Keel. And I had a real hard time with this because I don't, I've never heard voices like that and I, before or after. This is interesting here, too, because <coughs> Keel mentioned in some of his books about doppelgangers or people pretending to be him, pretending to be Gray Barker, pretending to be Jim Mosley, running around loose. Yes. And, in fact, they were driving a Volkswagen which had the same license plate as Indrid Cole, the guy I mentioned earlier, who may have been driving around in a flying saucer. So this, you know, these guys, Team Cold, I call them, appeared to be traveling between West Virginia and New York, uh, messing with flying saucer researchers and witnesses. And in one case, they shot, they were caught or seen shooting a laser weapon at, uh, I forget the guy's name, he was a researcher up there in New Jersey, uh, and knocked him out with this beam from a laser gun. So they may have also had laser guns in addition to, you know, drones that they could fly around. Very spooky stuff. You don't know if they're real or, you know, real men in black from the government or some other group, or if they were completely paranormal. Wacky, definitely wacky. Wacky to me, that's for sure. Wow. Yeah, the license plate was was almost the same, if not the same, 
in both places for this strange Volkswagen. This Volkswagen was seen on at this spot in West Virginia where we saw Mothman. And Hendrick Cold himself uh, appeared to have interacted with two of my friends uh, who are both Mothman witnesses, one of whom was being treated by a psychiatrist named Dr. Alan Roberts, uh, who was a friend of Andrew Cold, who actually believed that Cold had taken him to another planet. And this, this doctor has disappeared, and I haven't really been able to find out you know, what happened to him. But he was a real person. And they were interacting with Woody Derenberger. The, the psychiatrist was treating Woody Derenberger for his abduction uh, experiences, as he was treating my friend uh, Tommy Burnham, who who's the kid that predicted 911 back in uh, 67. In 67, how? Uh, I don't know how, but he's, he didn't say Mothman because we didn't call it that. He said the Birdman had been visiting him and that a flying saucer had landed in his yard and the space intelligences, he called them, were talking to him. This is a seven-year-old kid saying the space intelligences are talking to me, you know. And he said, they've told me about a, an attack in New York in 2001 that will start World War Three, and I was very incredulous. And he said, "No, I can show you, but we have to do a blood brother pact where we cut our fingers and shared blood, and then we held hands." And he took me to a certain spot in his yard, and I did indeed see something very similar to nine one one for a brief second or two, and it scared me so much that I—that was sort of the end of our friendship. And he moved away not too long after that. When he started believing that he was a vampire. Uh, well, that sounds wackier <laughs> than just <laughs> anything else. Why did he believe he was a vampire? I have no well, idea. Maybe I shouldn't why. be asking that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be that he was being, you know, he was being treated by this doctor who was friends with the men in black and Andrew Cold. So I don't know what that they were programming him with, if any, you know, to believe. But uh, he felt like he might become a warlock and and a vampire, and he actually bit somebody in the neck at school, which is why they pretty much had to move after that, because, you know, the, the neighbors... Yeah, it doesn't go, go over too well with uh, with other moms. Yeah, yeah, you can't have people running around loose, biting yeah. people on the neck. But one of the things he predicted was that he would work for NASA someday, because he saw the timeline of his life coming from the space intelligences, and his mom uh, was a beautiful woman, or she's still alive, actually. She was a West Virginia, Miss West Virginia runner-up, I think. And she actually ended up working for NASA, and so did he. And she was, like, really high up. Uh, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how, how a housewife ends up becoming the, the assistant to the head of, of uh, NASA's military wing, but she did. And when we tried to contact Tommy in 2003, she put the kibosh on that so we haven't been able to find out too much more about tommy although i did receive a package from him oh a couple of years after that yeah uh it was a fossil that that i had uh loaned him we used to dig around for fossils and things and uh it was a very nice fern fossil and it came in the mail with an and all the note said was sorry for the delay that was it. <laughs> yeah, but the address was 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 Cocoa Beach. 
it came from it did come from uh, nasa nasa headquarters area there it's very mysterious well it looks like you got yourself up front and personally involved and all the wacky stuff that was following john keel around maybe as a consequence of knowing him but like i said i knew him too and my association with him i got some wacky letters and such from him but it was pretty normal we have Andrew Colvin joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Yesterday, I got a notice from the IRS. They say I owe them over $16,000. I don't have that kind of money, but the notice said if I don't pay it in 30 days, they're going to go into my bank account and take my money, put a lien on my house, and garnish my wages. Can they really do that? If you owe back taxes, unless you get help, the IRS can do all that and more. Don't try to fight the IRS on your own. Use Coast One Financial Group and let them help you get a fresh start. Their fresh start program that will stop collection efforts, remove any liens the IRS or state have in place, and help you reduce your back taxes by as much as 80%. You get a fresh start if you owe at least $10,000 in back taxes. They're so sure they can help you that they'll give you a 20% discount just for calling right now. Dial 877-328-6404. That's 877-328-6404. Again, 877-328-6404. To thank you for being a loyal listener, we have a limited time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds. Just pay shipping right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds that are open-pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. 
little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, Andrew Colvin joining us. He's an artist who has followed very extensively the life and times of John Keel. You know, before we get into more case histories, one of the saddest things about John Keel is that he died pretty much in poverty. His biggest success was the movie The Mothman Prophecies. They bought the rights to it for a film. The film starred Richard Gere as someone named John Klein, who was investigating these Mothman happenings in West Virginia. Okay, so did you know John Keel in his final years? You knew him in 2003. But did you see the deterioration where he became less healthy and kind of moved himself or cut himself off from a lot of the people he knew? Well, I was a recipient of that cutoff. Uh, we, we emailed quite a bit but for two or three years, uh, up until maybe 2006 or something. And then, yeah, he, when he did the cutoff, uh, he stopped communicating with everybody except maybe Doug Skinner, a couple of other people. Uh, so. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't witness any of that. Well, I know uh, that when we tried to get him on the PowerCast in 2006, this was our first year on the air, we made an inquiry. We got his phone number from a friend of ours, Tim Beckley, and my former co-host called him up, and he hung up the phone and was very upset and called Tim said, why did you give my phone number out to these people? And that was kind of it. But it's kind of sad because he's not the only UFO researcher who seemed to come into some prominence who died pretty much in poverty. Also Richard Hall, who, of course, was involved in the early days of NICAP in the 60s and the 70s. He was fairly well-known in UFO research, wrote some very good historical books on the subject. And, you know, he just didn't have a very good life at all. It's not too, it's not too hard to die in poverty these days. <laughs> well, they make it as easy as possible. Yeah. They've done really hard work in the U.S. Congress to make it as easy as possible for anyone who wants to die of poverty. Now, why do you think that Keel cut himself off from his friends? Because he was ill? I don't know. I could only speculate. You know, I grew up, he grew up on a farm, and, and I didn't grow up exactly on a farm, but pretty much. Uh, 
there were lots of farms around and everyone sort of had that mentality. And I think, you know, maybe it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just sort of a farm thing. Maybe you just get tired of, it was also pretty dealing with people. What'd you say, Chris? He was also very bitter at the end too. He, I don't think he had a sense that, uh, people appreciated him to the extent that they did. And I, he, I think he always felt, um, he felt never really he, he that he got the recognition that he uh, deserved for being such a creative thinker, and and what recognition he did get, I don't think he felt that it was it was the, the accolades didn't come along with that, and uh, and and that's enough to make anyone bitter, I, I would think, uh, especially in the case of Keel, who was very mercurial, uh, and had a very full a full life, and I think some of the accusations of confabulation of, of fictionalizing certain uh parts of his research i i think that uh, struck pretty close to the bone as well i i only had one conversation uh with keel i tried to invite him to a conference that i i was putting on with my brother and uh, david perkins down in palenque uh we were calling it the emergence conference and i got his number this is in uh, two, uh would have been 2000 and uh and he agreed to come out of retirement and, uh, you know, take the trip down to Palenque and present. But he said he, he had a caveat. He says, you know, if I if I go down there, uh, you're going to get in trouble. He said it completely deadpan. And, and I, I, if he was standing in the room, I'm sure it would have been <laughs> an expressionless, you know, uh, comment. And I said, well, John, what do you mean? And he goes, well, if I go down there, I will definitely get you in trouble. And you're going to end up in, in a Mexican jail. I just started laughing. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I'm serious. And I said, I said, well, John, I'll take that chance. I'd, I'd much rather have you there and take my chance than, than uh, not have you there. And unfortunately the conference was set up for, I think September, it was less than a week after nine 11. <laughs> so we ended up having to cancel it, but, and give a bunch of people their money back. But, um, I, that, that would have been my only opportunity, I think, to, uh, to actually get a chance to, uh, to spend some time with him. I did see him once in walking on the street in New York City. I, I was pretty sure it was him, uh, but didn't have the guts to go up and, and and bother him, you know, like that. But but I I just always got the sense that he was quite the consummate trickster, and I think some people may have misunderstood that a little bit. And and it it just seems to me that he he, he didn't really ever feel that he was acknowledged uh, uh, to the extent that he probably should have been acknowledged uh, during his lifetime. Now, in collecting all this material to republish, Andy, did you have to get approval from his estate in order to put them out? Yes. Uh, I don't know if I did actually have to do that, but I did anyway, because, you know, these are mostly old magazine articles and lectures that I transcribed. Things that were sort of in the public domain or the copyright had expired, but, you know, I wanted to to do the right thing and contacted his sister, Cheryl, who's a wonderful lady. And she, um, tried really hard at the end to get him to move down to Florida, uh, to, you know, get out of the cold, you know, New York, his apartment was not, um, let's say hygienic. <laughs> he sort of was a, I don't want to say pack rat, but you know, he had a lot of stuff that he collected. I visited him in that apartment. I remember. Now, I didn't smell any untoward odors, but that was back in the 1970s, 
and I kind of expected that things might have deteriorated. Although I gather Richard Hall didn't have a very clean environment, right, Chris? Uh, not according to uh, one account that I heard of a film crew that visited him uh, fairly shortly before he died, and the crew knocked on the door, and, and uh, the the director told me that they could smell the house before you know as they approached it, and that uh, when the door opened and this horrendous smell wafted out, uh, you know, Hall invited them in and they, they kind of almost balked and, and wouldn't go in, but they did go inside the doorway and the director looked down in, uh, in, in the hallway in the corner in this horrific mess. He, he saw a cat curled up and he, he thought the cat was sleeping and kind of nudged it with his foot and it was dead. <laughs> and uh, the thing had died and, and become desiccated right there in the front hallway. The crew just literally was so disgusted by the whole scene. They they did not uh, shoot inside. They convinced Hall to come outside to do do the interviews or to a garage or some other place besides in the house. And that that's pretty awful. Uh, I, I, to, I don't I don't think Keel was anywhere near that. I think yeah. uh, he he was just uh, so focused on his research, like a right. lot of uh, brilliant people are, and he really was brilliant and and, and really outside the box uh, thinker. So I just think he was focused on his, his research so much that he probably didn't dust. You know, I don't think it was unhygienic or anything. I just think, you know, he had a lot of stuff and didn't really organize it because uh, there was too much going on. And right. he did, wouldn't call like a cleaning service or somebody yeah. who maybe 50 or $75 would come over there and do some of the essentials. Yeah. And if you looked at my apartment, you know, you'd probably say the same thing. You know, come on, Colvin, you know, do some dusting. <laughs> right <So. laughs> or my place <laughs> and, and when i'm that age i'm sure you know i i, I doubt that i will be any better uh, they'll probably say the same thing about me someday you know his place was a wreck and you know he was bitter about the you know this and that and and, and i don't know that he the keel was bitter as much as he was just sort of disgusted with the the ufo scene and all the different hoaxing and stuff that goes on, it, 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 you know, because he was serious. He was serious about what he was doing. And there's so many people that are in it just for the buck, you know, or to muddy the waters because, you know, they're on assignment from somebody to muddy the waters. So, All right. Uh, you just raised an interesting topic here. We're running near the end of this segment, so maybe we don't have a lot of time to talk about it. They're being paid to muddy the waters. Is this like the government sending people out there to kind of just dirty the pool i don't know that it's the government or if it's private interests and in some cases i don't think people are even actually being paid i think they just you know maybe get favors or they think they're going to get favors you know more clicks on the internet whatever today it would be you know getting the google clicks google ad clicks and things but uh, and some people some people just aren't smart enough to figure out that they're being used well we have to get into more of that in a moment Andrew Colvin is joining us. Of course, he's written some books that kind of put together a lot of the work of John Keel, which has been basically undiscovered by a lot of modern people in the UFO field. We have Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The bad boy of broadcasting, Man Cow, has found a new home. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Andrew Colvin presenting a lot of the work of John Keel. Now, let me ask you very quickly here before we get on to more stuff. Someone starting out in the UFO field, and they don't know a lot about the subject, but maybe they've heard the name John Keel, maybe because they saw a rerun on Netflix or something, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, of the Mothman Prophecies, and they realize, hey, this was based on something real. So is that the book people should read, or are there other books or works from John Keel they should start with first? Well, um, you know, Operation Trojan Horse is a good great book you know uh, really one of great the best s- ever written uh, on the subject mm-hmm. and a lot of the articles that are in the books i've republished here have data uh, from that book uh you know written around the same time period uh, before and after and dealing with the same kinds of ideas and but we also have a lot of later articles from the 70s that where he's more, he's polished his uh, you know theories better more and uh, and has come to see uh, not only that there's a you know an interdimensional thing going on but also that there's a manipulation going on from official sources that we alluded to earlier and puts it in perspective and you know it's interesting a lot of the stuff that that he he said that I uh, was attracted to was stuff that he said in lectures which doesn't appear in any in any uh, book, uh, little details that that clue you into something far stranger 
than you thought. And the one that pops out right now is that he gave a lecture and he mentioned that 25 bodies had been found in Point Pleasant in a cave and in 75. Not, and, and that the authorities knew who did it, but they weren't prosecuting the person. And I've, I've been trying ever since to find out who this person was. Apparently it was some wealthy guy who had a mental problem. But, you know, is that really it? Is it really a mental problem or were they taking out people who had found out about something? And could that something be the actual construction of flying saucers? Isn't that a bit of a stretch, though, to talk of a possible serial killer doing mass murders and something related to any paranormal subject? How do we make that connection? Well, simply because the researchers and witnesses who believed that there might be a terrestrial source were being harassed by the men in black. And you have some people like Otto Bender who who researched and found that there were apparently thousands of murders around that time around the world of different UFO researchers and witnesses. Okay, Otto Bender was one half of a writing team that did a number of very famous science fiction books. I met him back in the 70s, early 70s, and he was a really nice guy, really knowledgeable. He also was the first editor of a magazine called Space World, covered, of course, NASA and the space program. But what can you tell us about Otto's study in this particular realm? I just sort of cursorily read uh, that book that he, uh, I don't think it ever made it into a book, actually, that one. That's, I think he got scared off of actually publishing that book. So uh, what I did was any, anything I could find that Keel had written about the men in black and the dangers involved, I, I put in these books. There's a lot of men in black stuff in there. And it is palpable, you know, that there, it was a big issue. They were being uh, monitored. These different UFO conventions were being monitored. Uh, tapes were stolen of audio tapes, videotapes, or films. Uh, that Keel had been involved in. Now, we shouldn't um, avoid the confusion here. We have an Otto Bender, a science fiction, science fact writer, and we have Albert K. Bender, who yeah. was involved in what is called the progenitor of Men in Black events back in the early 50s, where he had this UFO organization in Connecticut. And one day he says three men in black or dark suits came, confirmed that he knew the solution to the UFO mystery. He shut down his organization and inspired Gray Barker to write the book called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. And some kind of speculate that before Gray Barker kind of went into more of a fanciful realm in the way he treated the UFO subject, this was a straight-ahead factual book, also a best-selling book. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm just real careful with Barker. (laughs) That was what (laughs) Keel always said, be careful with Barker. And uh, so, you know, I am careful. But I will ask you, since you knew Barker, uh, and I didn't, how, how, you know, one thing that I found that's in the, uh, it's going to be in the third volume, we're going to have a third volume of these Keel uh, writings, is the grunt letter, which uh, was accidentally, apparently, sent to Keel, and it was a letter that Barker had written, where it sounds like he's a spook, and he's monitoring all of these UFO researchers their telephones or something and her has, has their houses bugged or something. And he alludes to a big event that's going to happen on December 14th, 1967. I can't remember the name of that, but the, they had a name for it. 
the day after that is when the silver bridge collapsed. And so I wonder if Barker didn't know, like maybe the silver bridge was brought down purposely and he somehow knew. Did, did, did you have any feeling that he was, you know, a spook or anything like that? Not at all. His personal history is totally the opposite of that. He had a standard liberal arts <clears throat> education. His profession before he got full-time into UFOs was as a movie theater booker. And what that means, it's not like being a bookie. It means that he would book major motion pictures into local theaters. It isn't the way distribution works today. It was very local distribution in West Virginia. But the thing about Gray is that he was a practical joker. So, for example, he and Jim Mosley on a drunken night sometime, they got together in the 1950s and wrote what is called the Straith Letter, where it claims to be from someone from the Cultural Exchange Committee of the U.S. government. And they wrote to people like George Adamski, the contactee, and said, you know what, we, of course, can't officially acknowledge that we take you seriously, but we sure do. And it was a big joke. And Barker would do things like that. But sometimes Jim and Gray did things that kind of bred real events. I'll give you another one where Jim Mosley calls this police department. And I was sitting there watching and listening to Jim make the call to this police department in New Jersey, a small town of New Jersey, near the Wanakee Reservoir, talking about a UFO. And then within days, or maybe that same day, there was an actual series of sightings in that area. But it all started with a hoax by Jim Mosley. And in passing, you wonder, art or whatever Jim was doing, imitating life? So I don't know. And with Gray Barker, I know he would write crazy letters. And I'm sure John Keel, knowing who Gray Barker was in his back history, accepted the fact that he'd get crazy letters from him, wouldn't take him seriously. But of course, if they precipitate or announce real events, you wonder. Well, that's I, my, I that's my reaction to Barker. I just didn't take him seriously. He was a lot of fun, really fun to talk to, really bright guy. But you had to watch out for that. I, I have a letters section in the third book coming up that uh, has a lot of different letters going back and forth. And you can tell in there that, that, that Keel's kind of okay with Barker. You know, he, ch- he chastises him for sloppy research. Uh, they had a Mothman convention in Point Pleasant where they didn't really do any research or anything. and Or into special uh, substances, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Keel was more pissed off at, at Mosley for uh, stirring up trouble with uh, different witnesses like Jay Payro and things like that, and phone those cra- those crazy phone calls that Mosley would make, which were upsetting you know different people. But I I just you know I just I just wonder if the joking, you know, assuming there was. You know, they, it's long been rumored that Barker and Mosley were, you know, spooks or something. And so you just wonder if the jokes were in a way to sort of cover for that. And I don't, you know, I don't have an opinion either way really about them. But when you mentioned um, the movie uh, distribution business as being, you know, sort of a neutral occupation, I will, I would point out that the Nazi, the, the greatest Nazi spy supposedly was named Emil Codell who I wonder if Indrid Cole, the name, isn't derived from Emil Codell, but Codell was arrested in West Virginia working as a, as a projectionist in a movie theater. I'll have to ask you more about that in this, a moment. With Gene yeah. and Chris, you're in the Paracast.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the re-emergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. These days, so many suffer from heartburn, stomach ulcers, and acid reflux. And most never realize it is the high acidity within the body that causes their discomfort. While selective diet choices can help, AlkaVision Plasma pH drops can really make a change. A few drops added to water can optimize your body's pH level, ridding you of harmful waste and acid, promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Healthy pH levels make all the difference. High acidity can also cause depression, insomnia, and irritability. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops bring you vital balance that can be truly life-changing. Alkalizing boosts immune response reduces headaches and cramping, and even helps prevent bone loss. This is simple science that helps your body do what's natural. Order your AlkaVision pH drops for just 
$1,995 at alkavision.com, A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at alkavision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. A projectionist in a motion picture theater. You got to tell me where, because Gray Barker owned a movie theater for some of his life. The theater was in uh, Harper's Ferry, which is in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. So it's, it's not in necessarily in Barker's area, but there is a highway that goes from Clark, Clarksburg over to Harper's Ferry where, you know, I think it's route 33 or 50 or something where you could shoot, shoot over there pretty fast. And, it, and, West, and Barker did cover the whole state with his uh, business. But of course, these are different time periods. Uh, Codell was arrested in 43 and Barker, you know, wasn't, I don't know when he started uh, his business, but the timing isn't, isn't the same, but you know, well, remember it's also some, Barker was born in the early thirties, I guess. Yeah. We're just not out completely out of the water in ter- with Barker uh, and what he may have been up to. One thing I wanted to ask Chris is uh, on this cattle mutilation thing. There's one article that I've debated putting into the third book which Keel edited, but he didn't write. But it was written by a guy named David DeWitt, who had a theory uh, and a lot of evidence, actually, pointing towards the mutilations being done by um, mining and uh, oil companies as a way to find out you know, what's under the ground. You can do testing on the muscle tissue of, of the animals that are eating the vegetation on top of the uh, surface. Did you... Have you... Um, I think it's called biogeochemistry. Did you find anything about that as you were? You know, I did. Um, And there's so little evidence to even bounce that whole scenario off of. I have not been able to find any sort of studies or any uh, corroborating scientific evidence that would, that would substantiate that as being an effective way of detecting metals or in, in, in the the one sense that I have heard the most is, is prospecting for oil. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's just, it just, it seems pretty far out to me. Uh, and, and because of the wide distribution of cases, even if it was possible to determine, uh, there's so many cases in areas that are known not to have any sort of, uh, precious minerals or oil, that sort of thing. Um, it, it, it's not a one size fits all, um, answer, uh, by any stretch, even if it was uh, possible. I have not been able to find any sort of evidence that would back up that that particular theory. It, well, the, it is interesting. It's creative thinking, of course, uh, and I, I do like that. But uh, I think there's there's a lot uh, more, I think, viable avenues to go down, uh, as I do. Uh, but again, you can't discard any theory to explain uh, possibly a portion of cases, and and that's one that I did hear early on. It. it I just have not been able to find any any corroborating evidence to back up the science on that. Did you? The article was from Pursuit magazine, which Keel edited in in the fall of 1980. If you don't have it, I can send it. That would be great. I'd love to see it. I I am going to go quite a bit in depth on each of these various theories that have been proposed over the years in in a follow up book that I've already started working on. 
uh, and we are going to address that particular theory and do some more research into that area. It is it is intriguing. There are um, other elements about the mutilations that that may be at play here that nobody has ever mentioned, uh, which include mutilations following uh, high tension power lines uh, being spread out into more more and more remote areas, and the the whole um, stray voltage phenomenon that uh, there is a lot of science about. And feeding uh, cows magnets, for instance, to gather uh, hard metals uh, in, their, in their stomachs, for instance. Uh, and uh, the fact that cattle can actually soak up ungrounded current through, uh, it's from improperly grounded uh, power lines and, uh, and, and possibly you know, electrical systems on farms. This is a whole area that I'm also looking into that um, you've never heard this mentioned in relation to cattle mutilations, but there does seem to be some correlations. So, Did you hear a story uh, about some cattle that were found to have um, luminescent paint on them where numbers had been written on them that you couldn't see with the naked eye? They weren't numbers. Yeah, this was an experiment that was conducted in 1978 by Gabe Valdez and Howard Burgess down on the, the uh, Manuel Gomez Ranch near Dulce. They ran a herd of, I think, 100 cattle underneath uh, various ultraviolet lights, and they were able to find on, I think, four or five animals. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of that number, but there were a number of animals that um, had some sort of splotches of, of fluorescing material on their backs. The animals were monitored. Uh, of course, they were very excited when they found this. Um, and the animals were monitored in a, a I, I forget the time frame, but it was two or three days later, um, they ran them through the chute again, and the splotches were gone. But they, their, their thinking was that these animals were being targeted from the air, and what, a, what better way to, to um, you know, pick out your animals from a herd that you, you are interested in uh, than by uh, some sort of uh, fluorescing or, in this case, um, uh, paint that, that is revealed by ultraviolet light. Uh, that's the only case of this I've ever heard. So uh, it, it, this is like a pop culture thing. I think it's it's kind of spread <laughs> over the years. Uh, this this idea that uh, this type of evidence has been found uh, routinely, and this is not the case. I, I only know of this one case where this was actually determined. With the stray power line issue, what is there? Is there some theory that the charge builds up and then uh, explodes out and, and creates the mutilation? How does that work? Well, no, not necessarily. I don't think that it, it's a it's a one-to-one uh, correlation like that. I think possibly what's happening is my brother actually was the one that really turned me on to this whole whole idea. And he seems to think that these animals are, are being used as, as some sort of, uh, they're, they're taking some form of energy out of them, which doesn't really make much sense to me. It, uh, <laughs> there's a lot more efficient ways to to get power, but uh, he seems to think that the animal's head is clamped down, and then uh, the rear end is is it completes some sort of circuit. Is kind of his idea, which I know sounds kind of ridiculously pseudoscientific, but but I think it, it it's an interesting it's an interesting theory. And uh, I did not know that cattle could soak up energy uh, from the ground uh, that's stray voltage from from power sources, and and this is another area that I'm really going to be looking into. Uh, extensively, and uh, there's quite a number of papers that have been published on this, and lawsuits by ranchers and by farmers who uh, who have, have sued power companies and won. What happens is when these animals uh, start to build up this charge, it makes it difficult for them to drink. They lap at the water instead of you know drinking heavily and, and fully from water, 
which then, of course, uh, you know, you see a, a, a pretty sizable reduction in milk production. The animals become listless and, and they're more prone to, for sickness. And uh, actual lawsuits have been filed and, and won by farmers who have determined that, uh, that there's ungrounded power near them and that these utility companies are impacting their dairy business. This is mostly with dairy cattle that, that these types of, uh, of studies have been done. Uh, it's again, this is a really complicated subject <laughs> as Gene will attest. He's uh, doing the layout for the book and, uh, getting back to Keel and Barker, uh, I have a question here. It's, it's not really a question, but it's, it points out a very interesting, uh, interchange between, uh, Keel and Barker. This comes from Sentry. I'll tell you what, Benny, you'll, uh, you'll read that question from our friend Sentry in our next segment with Gene and Chris. We're talking to Andrew Colvin. You're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com we travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets, but fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use, you just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $29.95 with free shipping. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies. 
byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. A healthy digestive system supports a healthy immune system. And a healthy immune system protects you against infections and disease. Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse, available at Terraganics.com, is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic and is gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM1 contains three groups of beneficial microbes and enzymes to cleanse and remove toxins, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, and aids in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, is non-GMO, has all natural certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is never freeze-dried. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, Sentry, of course, is someone who's covered the Cash Landrum case, and he was on our show just a few months ago. And he's a really dedicated researcher. So this is a comment that Sentry made in our forums at forum.theparacast.com. Chris O'Brien, tell us yes. more. Well, he points out that Keel um, was the target of many pranks and hoaxes. He's, like I said before, he's, he's also been accused of, uh, in Century's words, of, uh, to leave reality far behind when it suited the story he was telling. He posts on the uh, forum a hoax panel discussion in 1990 at the Fort Fest with Keel. And uh, the following is a verbatim transcript of one of <laughs> Keel's observations. And he says he thinks ufology's probably had more hoaxes than any other Fortean field. And he says one of Gray Barker's hoaxes, the best one probably, is the Edwards Air Force Base hoax, which you've all read about in UFO book. Gray Barker put out a memo in the form of a letter claiming that a UFO had landed at Edwards and a group of distinguished people, including President Eisenhower, had visited the base to talk to the UFO people. To give himself away, Gray included in the list of famous people who went there the names of all of his friends. <laughs> he listed his friends. Nobody even checked this memo out. And now it's being published around the world in UFO books as being one of the great UFO incidents of the 1950s. And Gray Barker, wherever he is, is still laughing. Well, Sentry says, I wrote Gray Barker's friend Jim Mosley about this, and he called me up to say it was complete BS and a good example of Keel making stuff up out of whole cloth. So... <laughs> I just pointed out that it's very interesting that the two of them should be going at each other like this. And have you ever heard that, Andy or Gene, that that Gray Barker was the one that started the whole rumor of Eisenhower visiting Edwards and uh, meeting the uh, the UFO knots? You know what? I didn't remember that, but I can certainly believe it because he was involved in a lot of stuff in those days. But it's fascinating. You see the way it works in the UFO field, guys, and that is you have the hoax you have the hoax being exposed. And then you have the people who spread the hoax 
were were taken in by it saying no 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 it was a real event yeah well uh, another thing that sentry puts here is that he thinks keel is describing the gerald light letter to mead lane which was written in april 1954 again th- this is news to me uh i've never heard this particular s- theory of how that particular story started how about you andy does this ring any bells with you no i'm not familiar with the the, the mead lane one um the Eisenhower thing, I'm not... Sh- did anyone check to see if there are names associated with that event that, that are uh, friends of Barker's? I, I've never even heard of anything written down, like in a memo form or anything uh, of that sort myself. I, I've, I've always wondered where that particular story came from, and I've never really <clears throat> given it much credence. But, Gene, have you heard of uh, some sort of memo associated with this? Not that I recall. I mean, a lot of stuff was going on those days. I didn't yeah. follow each and every hoax that Gray Barker perpetrated or he perpetrated with the help of Jim Mosley. Yeah, you know, we think of the Strafe letter and a few of these more regularly mentioned hoaxes, but I can't tell you that I have any more information. Well, Double Knot Spy, another one of our posters, uh, has a comment about the Century Post, and he's, he says, so we have a BSer calling BS on another BSer's claim about a third BSer. Great. And we and we moan and groan because we don't get any respect. <laughs> well, I, I just you know I just have to say I don't think you know Keel was a BSer at all. I think he was really serious about trying to find the answers. And I think what people, I think there's a ton of of uh, I guess I don't know what you call it bad mouthing out there uh, about Keel because his theories were a threat to the industry of ufology and and in the 70s when he wrote the mothman prophecies and the eighth tower well the eighth tower maybe not so much but it put a damper on the guys that like to sell the ufo books and spread the crazy stories that sell books like now you the mentioned I- there ufo industry which is very <laughs> interesting here that's yeah. a business it's not just a field for research it's a business that some people profit from not us of course but there you go <laughs> Yeah, well, he, 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 you know, there's nothing, as he always said, the truth doesn't sell. It, and so I think it, he was just seen as a threat because he was saying, you know, this is mostly hallucination. It's mostly this and that. And that doesn't mean it's not an interesting topic and can't be studied. But I don't, but I think, I don't think people could see that. They just saw, okay, he's, he's bursting the bubble. He's saying that the ETs don't exist. Um, therefore, how are we going to sell books to all the, you know, new age moms or whoever it is that buys these books? Yeah. The want believers. Yeah. And, and they're out there. I mean, they are, they're, they're still out there. There's, they're everywhere. They're all There's over the millions world. Now. Of them. Yeah. Especially, you know, South America, uh, everywhere. And, uh, I can understand that, but, but I, I just, 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 I would caution the newbie or the younger person to to see through this and realize that it's just you know old um negative memes coming back uh the fact is that keel didn't destroy the ufo industry and therefore there's no real reason to have you know to continue to harangue him or or you know uh try to smear his his research it's it's good stuff it's yeah. good research i i agree and and one thing that i've noticed here lately is uh the eighth tower which is a has been a fairly difficult book to to find one of Keel's last books is now back in print. I think somebody has is reprinting this, and I've seen ads for it. 
One yeah. thing that I must say, though, reading uh, the Eight Tower a couple of times, Keel comes across pretty rabid, and pretty, uh, pretty bitter in there. He, it's, it's a book that almost has a kind of a sense of despair to it. <laughs> yeah, that, it, uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, a, a book it kind of sticks out from from his other books. Uh, I talked to him about it. What did he say about? Because he comes across with a lot of vitriol in in there. Um, well, I don't I don't know how much vitriol there is, but there's some uh, dramatization, you might say, or because uh, I wanted to reprint it, and I would have reprinted it, but the anomalous, you know, got there first and and uh, got permission from Cheryl before I did. So, um, but I wanted to combine it back with the Mothman prophecies. To create what the Mothman prophecy should have been, because it was heavily edited, and and a lot of the stuff that was taken out ended up in the Eighth Tower. Um, and Keel, you know, basically said he needed he needed to come up with a uh, what's the word a central theme to sort of pull pull the book through and keep people interested. Because let's face it, people like to be entertained. And, and I found this myself. You know, some of my Mothman books are very, I think they're wonderful compendiums of really detailed research and, and findings and things, but it's not a story that, that the average reader can really latch onto, and most people have difficulty reading through them. Um, so Keel wanted to come up with something that could lead people through the book, and it was this idea that there's an artificial intelligence um, guiding us and you know people like jack serfati have latched onto this and a lot of people have latched onto it uh the archon meme and all that and so uh it it does have it does have a speculative ending uh where he theorizes that this uh artificial intelligence or computer it, that has been controlling us and sending us these phantasms and men in black and trips to other planets that it's running down the battery's running down and he connects it to the ark of the covenant that that was a you know something similar uh that it can send out messages to people and as it runs down um it's wanting us to rebuild a new computer or to change its battery out so that it can continue to lead us into the future with its trickster antics and it's a great it's a great idea and and but it isn't yeah it I don't know that he, uh, the only criticism I would have is, is that he didn't make that maybe as clear uh, and that it is a, a, pro, a trope or, or a, you know, conceptualism. And people maybe think that he really believes that, but he didn't, you know, he knew that it was just a device. It was a literary device. And there's, an, there's actually a nice review on Amazon that someone wrote. We'll go into that review and what yeah. it means in a moment. Andrew yeah. Colvin joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ships same day. Plus, all orders over $49 ship free. MyPatriotSupply.com is American owned by patriots like you, passionate about freedom and preparedness. Call now, 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. Choose the original. Choose the Survival Seed Vault at MyPatriotSupply.com. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, taxhelponline.com. That's taxhelponline.com. You have all seen and heard about the elements of the periodic table. These elements are the building blocks of everything in the universe. You, my friends, are made from these elements. A shortage of any of these important trace elements can lead to disease. Go with the science and take the Lady Talk Health Challenge and get all 90 essential trace elements with a healthy start pack at LadyTalkLive.com or call 855-333-LADY. That's 855-333-5239. Research shows it's not just what you put in your body that counts, it's what you put on it as well. Why not use an all-natural, healthy, mineral-based makeup that actually benefits your skin? Once you experience the airiness and flawless coverage of Longevity Mineral Makeup, you will never use anything else. With Longevity, the perception of your complexion will be natural perfection. Animal-friendly mineral makeup at Mary Lou Health. That's M-A-R-I-L-U-Health.com. Or call 855-321-HEALTH. 
This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Chris has got his best trickster voice out here <laughs> to kind of sum things up, as we have Andrew Colvin. You were mentioning here in connection with the theory from Keel, of course, we were talking about ultra-terrestrials and things like that, the computerized intelligence. You're citing a review in Amazon about this that kind of sums up some of these viewpoints. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. I'm trying to get the name of the uh, person here. Well, it's not coming up right away. I guess you have to click on to page two of the of the comments. And uh, he describes how the uh, per- parts of the Mothman prophecies that were taken out, uh, it's, I guess his name is J.E. Barnes. You'll, you'll see him there. Uh, it's a nice review. It, it's a little critical, but I think he's accurate. And he describes how the first and second parts, I think the Eighth Tower is split into three basic parts, and the first two were taken from the Mothman prophecies. And the third part was where Keel, you know, brings in this artificial computer uh, issue or device and finishes out the book. And so you can get a better idea of what I'm talking about there. But, you know, you can't discount the idea of the AI computer because it's a, it's a really long-time meme that goes back to theosophy, Madame Blavatsky, uh, the Nine, if you're familiar with the Nine. Uh, and there's several writers who have had contact with this, with what they feel is an orbiting platform uh, circling the Earth. You've got guys like Philip K. Dick, John Lilly, Robert Anton Wilson, Doris Lessing. Um, who all say that they were, you know, hearing voices or being influenced by this orbiting intelligence. and Or receiving phone calls in the case of Philip K. Dick and Jack Sarfati. Exactly. The go- yeah, the God phone. Well, you know, and- it's something very interesting here. You know, a lot of this theory about this all-encompassing computer that talks to people by telephone, for example, if you check the CBS TV show Person of Interest, which was created by Jonathan Nolan, the brother of Christopher Nolan, who did, you know, Dark Knight and all that stuff. And he was part of that, too. They talk about this all-encompassing computer created by this mad genius, played by Michael Emerson, where it basically knows a little bit about everything. It's basically something that was designed to provide security in the United States. This is the theory. But a side effect is that it knows about events that may impact individuals who may be in trouble or cause trouble. And because he taps into it, he gets information and they go out and try to help people. So it's kind of an unusual procedural where it's not the crime that's committed that they have to solve, but the computer telling them of something that may happen. But against the all-encompassing computer, and one of the characters in there receives the messages from the computer with the telephone. So we can see where it was inspired. Yeah, it's uh, and also uh, don't forget Andrija Puharish and Yuri Geller were also uh, you know tapping into this uh, right. platform. And Puharish was Puharish was a CIA you know uh, a contract scientist. So uh, and I it, you know for me it just seems like since it does go back since the nine, which you know is Puharish advertised the nine pretty much uh, uh since the nine was uh led by different british um i guess assets you could say i think that this is a meme that may have been started by british intelligence and has been propagated over and over again in various forms 
what they're up to with it, I'm not sure, except that it maybe it bolsters the ET legend and keeps everyone, you know, looking up and up up into the at the stars instead of, you know, looking around them. Yeah, keeping uh, their ear to the ground, they have their eyes to the sky. <laughs> yeah. That's how I used to end my lectures. Uh you can keep your eyes to the sky, but don't forget to have your ear on the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to do both at once, but my grandpa always used to say, when somebody wants you to look up in the sky, they've always, they've got their hands in your pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say that about the UFO field, that there's a matter of deception? Well, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, the big ET guys are, are you know, they're trying to sell books. And, and also, there's a very strange thing that I get into in my own books, where the, the stories, the, the, the ET stories are perfectly timed it seems to go along with certain political events uh usually as a distraction and it's a fact because they've found you know memos cia memos that say that you know let's let's put out a, a ufo story to take the heat off of you know this or that operation or whatever so it's it's something you have to think about and and i expanded it more than that into other areas of paranormal media coverage that 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 seem to be designed to blend with or meld with other kinds of stories as a way to either distract mislead or create unusual subconscious metaphors for people for instance with bigfoot you often have bigfoot being shot uh around the time say of the trayvon martin shooting there was a bigfoot uh shooting and so bigfoot seems to be a stand-in my theory is that he represents the wild man, as we all know, but that they continue to have Bigfoot, they continue to propagate the Bigfoot stories, yet Bigfoot is never found, and he's he's shot in stra- at strange times in order to sort of uh, program people to to be less independent, to be to not associate with the wild man. Uh, within themselves and i know this is a bit psychological but that's the kind of thing i get into in my own in my own books well well, andy that's really interesting that you should mention that because one of the things that i found in my research of where certain memes started trying to explain the cattle mutilation phenomenon where and when the first cases occurred uh and some of the attendant phenomena that were reported in these areas and one of the things that came up is bigfoot and wild and like wild men sightings uh, around the area north of St. Louis, uh, there was an outbreak uh, of this creature that was nicknamed Momo, which mm-hmm. presaged uh, uh, cattle, cattle rustling by helicopters and later mutilations. Also down in, in Lawton, Oklahoma, there was a, a, a weird event uh, of this wild man who was seen dressed in, in, in tight-fitting pants that were like three sizes too small in a plaid jacket, was leaping uh, off of roofs and running wildly across streets and freaking people out and then again you have an outbreak of interesting uh cattle rustling and and mutilation activity and and there are many other examples uh if you if you look and it's it's amazing that why why would these things all line up uh there there are also places that uh had uh, great airship sightings uh, for instance that are associated with with some of the, these locations um the Ellsbury Missouri flap that uh, occurred in 78 uh for instance was presaged by um a bigfoot report uh 
in close proximity to the area where uh, these cases were occurring. So I think it's very interesting you bring that up. Uh, this this uh, it is rolls over into the whole cattle death uh, realm as well. Well, Keel found that there were a lot of mutilations in the in the mid '60s in West Virginia. I mean, that's about the earliest I found, and we've got some of that in the books. Uh, yeah, and, and around Gallipolis uh, uh, and uh, in Pennsylvania as well. Well, I kind of got you trumped on the uh, the earliest uh, reports. I I found reports from uh, the court of King James the first in sixteen oh five and six. <laughs> so, uh, right when Shakespeare was writing Macbeth and uh, and Guy Fox was being uh, drawn and quartered and and sent across around the realm, uh, right within ten days of that, uh, there's a court record of hundreds of, uh, of mysterious sheep mutilations in and around London. Yeah, well, there, a lot of these things do seem to have uh, come from British uh, mythology, uh, but I don't know how much time we have before the next break. Do we have a minute? Do we have a minute? We have a minute and 20. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I, crazy theories I have, is that the timing of the Bigfoot, uh, the propagation of the Bigfoot stories was uh, right before the Silver Bridge collapsed in 67. Um uh, by the way, someone in a plaid jacket was seen on the bridge the night, the day before it collapsed. So you have the plaid jacket thing, which in some cases, the plaid jacket guy is paranormal. There are actual men in black that seem paranormal that wear the plaid jacket. But there's other cases where uh, actual government agents have been known to wear plaid jackets as a way to blend in. So you always have this problem with, with, with these cases, all these cases, of whether or not it's synthetic or natural. So in my books, I try to you know, parse that out so that people can get a, a better way to approach cases so that they're not bamboozled by, you know, one or the other. Right. Um, uh, but Mothman seems, Mothman was making all this stink in, in 66 and 67, which I think was somewhat troublesome for authorities. So it could be that they started pr- promoting Bigfoot as a way to sort of replace Mothman. But Keel actually thought that the two might be the same creature. Huh, interesting. Very interesting. We'll have a lot more with Andrew Colvin. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Headlines, suspensions, FCC investigations. That's man cow for you. Hear him here. GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. All sorts of wacky stories, things that John Keel brought to light that lots of other UFO investigators try to stick under the rug because maybe it didn't fit with their theory of the day or the theories that they wanted to present. Not that John Keel made a lot of money from it, except for Mothman Prophecies and some of his earlier books. You know, he didn't do so well financially, so for him it wasn't anything that he could gain by. In fact, if he was a more mainstream writer, you kind of think he would have done a lot better. Does anyone ever ask how much money David Icke has made? <laughs> I mean, well, his business partner ended up with all most of it. Uh, at one point, he got he got uh, hoodwinked. Heard a little oh, bit of rumblings about that, but man, the guy does make some dough. He, he definitely <laughs> makes some serious scratch. That's right. When you've got reptilians under the White House, I mean, the money starts rolling in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to go there. I've got another interesting uh, question here from the forum.theparacast.com. This comes from Burnt State, who is turning into one of our real steady posters. He's approaching the 1,000 post club here at uh, forum.theparacast.com and he uh he starts out with a very interesting Keelian quote which uh i think anyone who's read uh, trojan horse operation trojan horse will recognize and the quote is our skies have been filled with trojan horses throughout history and like the original trojan horse they seem to conceal hostile intent keels gets branded as a demonologist in his in a point and it's a point proposed by him over and over again in his writing that the paranormal phenomena we are seeing is demonic in nature. What are the best proofs that Keel had to support this uh, demonic theory when we have so few, if any, recorded provable instances of humans being damaged, killed, or tortured by UFOs or their occupants? That's a good question. Well, he uh, basically saying that Keel said that this, you know, he was a demonologist, that this is all hostile and demonic in nature, but. Burnt State points out that we have so few, if any, recorded provable instances of humans being damaged, killed, or tortured by UFOs or their occupants. Uh, well, that's uh, the last thing first, the evidence. The evidence has been suppressed. Um, Keel points out many cases in these books of people being hurt. There's, there's, uh, there's one article in uh, Outer Limits of the Twilight Zone, which is the second book, 
where he talks, I mean, the, the title of the article is uh, burned, blinded and, and maimed by UFOs. I'm paraphrasing, you know, it's case after case of, of, of people who have been killed by UFOs. You know, the flesh is burnt off of them. You know, their bone, their flesh falls off their bones. And these cases are just all suppressed for whatever reason, because they're not, they're horrible and they're scary. And, you know, you'd think that maybe the moneymakers out there would resurrect these because, you know, they sell. I mean, terror sells, fear sells. So I I do wonder why we don't hear more about them. But it's not true that there aren't cases like this out there. There are many. There are many cases of people that have been, had eye damage, uh, serious eye damage from looking at UFOs. Um, I don't, you know, as far as the demonology thing goes, uh, anytime I hear Keel described as a demonologist, I know that it's coming from the cryptozoology crowd who um, tried their best to, uh, you know, make him look bad by calling him a demonologist. But what's, you know, that's crazy. He's, he, who, what is a demonologist? I mean, is that someone that supposedly believes in demons? I mean, I, well, didn't he make some comment to Jerry Clark? I think at one point where where uh, Clark uh, referred to him as a ufologist, and he and he kind of said, "I'm no ufologist; I'm a demonologist." Uh, I would say that's a joke. Yeah, it would be a good example of Keel's of Keel's humor. Yeah, yeah he did have I, a very dry sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what in, went on with between him and Clark, but it wasn't pretty. And so, you know, Clark definitely had an axe to grind uh, with Keel because he was his protege, and. I don't know. You know, I, it seemed to me that there was a flip-flop that occurred uh, when when Clark and Coleman wrote their first two books. They were uh, interdimensionalists, you might say. They described these different hairy monsters as having glowing eyes, uh, all the things that you associate with the Mothman stories and things. And as time went by, they became more nuts and boltsy, I guess, where suddenly, you know, Bigfoot is just a creature a regular animal in the forest instead of an interdimensional creature. I don't know why that happened, but you know, at first they were on Keel's side, you might say, and then suddenly they're not. And Keel felt like there was, uh, there's a quote in the second book where he basically accuses, I, I would say that he says they're kind of in it for the money or, you know, uh, there's a lot of ego involved in the UFO field. And in cryptozoology, where people are arguing over, you know, their positions, they want to, you know, sell books and so forth. So I, I just, I think uh, that's the demonology thing is just a, yet another one of these negative stereotypes that's been thrown out, which is based on nothing but a, but a, but a, a sarcastic wit that the keel had. <laughs> Yeah, well, again, I I, I think uh, getting back to that original question about um, harm being done by UFOs and their occupants, I think most cases of uh, physical harm that have been reported are inadvertent and have to do with the energetic properties of the object, not so much hostile intent. It's like the yeah. person is in the wrong place at the wrong time. Travis Walton is an example. Um, the the Michelac case in Canada is another mm-hmm. example. Doctor X in France. Uh, these people actually were in were in too close a proximity to the objects and uh, suffered physical effects. Now, yeah. the only real cases I've heard of that have any sort of indication of hostility uh, are the Kolaris cases of the hunters at the mouth of the Amazon getting zapped as yeah. they're hunting uh, at night, sitting up in trees uh, by mm-hmm. these chupa objects uh, that that 
seemed to be targeting them. Yes. And, and a number of people were were hit and a number of them died. And this is all fairly well established. I think Bob Pratt, uh, Jacques Ballet, others, A.J. Gavard and, and others have uh, documented uh, some of the autopsy uh, results and, and, and some, some pretty compelling evidence that this is the case. Now, this is quite the aberration, though. We're, we're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of sightings and very, very few reports of, of any sort of hostile uh, intent or action. And especially in this country, now down in South America and other, other places, I think uh, maybe there's more of a higher incidence of hostility. But, you know, again, I, I don't think Keel ever really suggested that there was some sort of hostility. I think he was mainly saying that they're just here to confound us and, and mess with us, uh, not necessarily harm us, but but to just uh, keep us always uh, back on our heels, uh, similar to a trickster type uh, scenario. But would you agree with that or do you, do you want to add or subtract from that? Yeah, I think that we, we might be getting into the natural versus synthetic here, maybe. But yeah, you're right. South America is where most of these dangerous ones occurred, and it usually is in, is in relation to how close they get. The closer you got to it, the more dangerous it got. And so we obviously don't hear about all the South American cases, but Keel does uh, list several in the uh, books uh, here. So uh, they're, they're worthy of reading. But, you know, some of the natural, quote, natural lights, the diamond lights that he described, which are which you don't want to get close to because they're putting off actinic rays and things are maybe natural. And then some of the, some of the dangerous UFOs may be synthetic. Maybe they're using nuclear power, who knows, but Keel actually was the first uh, researcher to come up with the breakaway civilization idea. Although he didn't call it that uh, he wrote an article uh, about it and speculated that our country was being taken over, uh, which to me means he's talking about a synthetic craft built by somebody that has secret bases uh, around the country in the oceans and also within the country. Uh, he pointed out that a lot of them came from Canada and a lot of them seem to come up from South America. So he's laying out sort of a grid uh, where he's saying that there are these bases around, and he just doesn't he just doesn't take the uh, the extra step of naming who it might be. I'll tell you uh, what we're going to have to have this named first. Andrew Colvin joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, 
Use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Do you know how much the dollar has lost in its value against other currencies in the last 90 days? Ever think about how inflation will change your life, your savings, your retirement plans? Remember inflation in Zimbabwe, Argentina, the Weimar Republic? Put another way, who cares if your investments go up 10%, but you lose 40% of your purchasing power? Gold is the only monetary asset as no one else's liability. Gold still buys the same amount of stuff it always did. Gold does not require trust in a third party. You can possess it in your hand. You can take it with you. Gold is real money. Gold is honest money. My name is Daniel Larson from Midas Resources. To find out how you can protect your savings and roll over your IRA funds into precious metals accounts, please call me at 800-686-2237, extension 134. That's 800-686-2237, extension 134. 800-686-2237, extension 134. Would you like being an insider? Would you like getting exclusive access to prizes and better deals? Would you like some help in making sure you and your loved ones are prepared for the next disaster or emergency? If you answered yes to any of these, here's your simple solution. Join Freeze Dry Guys Survival Insider Club. Not only is your membership free, you get $10 in survival bucks just for signing up. Then you save at least 10% on purchases, plus enjoy insider access to specials, prizes, and other exclusive offers. Since 1970, veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy has been your trusted source for long-lasting, easy-to-make freeze-dried food and dehydrated food, perfect for emergency preparedness, RV travel, and outdoor needs from camping to sailing. Enjoy life as a survival insider. Call Freeze-Dry Guy now at 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, or log on to freezedryguy.com. That's freezedryguy.com. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. (laughs) But don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit Herbalhealer.com and click the Winter Specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. It sounds very tantalizing. Were you able to get more information about that, Andrew Colvin? Did he name who he thought this breakaway civilization was? Yes. No. And do I know? I don't know. Uh, I would say it's probably a, a multinational effort. Could, be go, could go back to the Nazi uh, UFOs. There could be a Nazi element, ex-Nazi element. There could be a British element, because they're the ones who, who ended up with a lot of the technology. 
there's a, obviously probably a United States element. Well, how about uh, Marconi? He disappeared into Venezuela in the 30s, didn't he? Yeah, there's an Italian element, no doubt. I mean, there's even a, a quote from an Italian engineer who claimed he had built these things during the Nazi era, who said that post-war, it was too expensive to build them in Italy, so they, they sent them here to be built with cheaper labor in America. So who's running this show? Uh, is I would say it's some sort of NATO group or something. You know, that's a big, that's the breakaway civilization ideas is, is really hot right now. And I don't know if anyone uh, out there is asking that question of just exactly who it is or if they're all, you know, afraid to, to go there. Yeah, it is uh, getting a lot of um, attention now. I think uh, Richard Dolan, of course, uh, is one of the people that have really jumped on this particular bandwagon. Uh, another one is Joseph Farrell. Some of his work mm -hmm. suggests that there's there's some sort of breakaway civilization with uh, super exotic technology that's being hidden from the rest of us. I would need to see more proof of this. Uh, I, I, there is a tantalizing body of evidence, but I, I don't really see it being slam dunk yet. Um, I, I have another question here. <laughs> Maybe you can make uh, sense of this. Now, Wade Ridsdale uh, wants to know, if you've ever tried calling Mothman at home. But he says, in all seriousness, do you know how the urban legend about his phone number, 304-675-5352, came to be? Oh, uh, was that the number that uh, that you call in Point Pleasant to get Mothman? I'm not sure. Uh, this, he's <laughs> yeah, equating that... this with Mothman and, <clears throat> and having a phone number. It's, I've never heard this one before. Yeah, it's a phone number that was in operation for many years. I think it went offline about five years ago. Uh, and I think it was traced to a uh, to Tiny's restaurant or 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 a house behind Tiny's restaurant. You know, Tiny's is where uh, Mothman was seen a couple of times. There's a whole lot to say about Point Pleasant and what goes on there. You know, you have the TNT area, which has was doing secret Navy reclamation work in the '60s with a s sophisticated underground network of tunnels, many of which were flooded for some reason. Uh, then you have about two miles away the Defense Logistics Agency site, which is enormous, which is uh, very old as well, uh, where they store rare minerals and things for the military. The DLA is is the it used to be called Defense Industrial Security Command or DISC, but now it's called DLA. They're headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, they pay they're the paymasters for the mil for the military. All the money for the military goes through them. And they have all of the precious resources that are needed to build exotic things, uh, gold, titanium, whatever, platinum. Those are stored in the DLA. There's an old part and a new part. The old part of the DLA was around before World War II. Uh, we, went, we snuck in there not too long ago to see what was in the warehouses there. You can't get in the new part, but you can get in the old part. It was recently sold to a private investor for a million dollars. But they cleaned out... Before they cleaned out the warehouses, we went in there and found that these at least six enormous warehouses were filled with nothing but thousands of bags of quebracho bark from South America. Why? I don't know. But I found that in the region where the quebracho bark is grown is where there is a religion that called the Oruro religion, which worships a Mothman-like figure as well as the Virgin Mary. And in this area where I lived, the two figures were seen quite a bit, a Virgin Mary-like entity and Mothman. 
Uh, there's also a bird that likes to live in the quebracho trees. It's a parrot, which a group of these parrots live in Seattle in a place called Seward Park. And we've had three Mothman sightings in Seward Park recently, one of which where the creature touched the witness. And he said that the Mothman's hand turned from a talon into a hand, a human hand, and back and forth. And that Mothman told him to remember door 11. And at that time, I'm trying to remember, this is a pretty, this stuff just happened this summer. And soon after that, we had a sighting of Mothman uh, in Southern California by Walter Bosley, uh, right after we had been there, looking at these different sacred sites and things that he connects to the Aleister Crowley legend and all, and, and a bunch of other stuff. But there were some strange synchronicities that happened, one of which was at the same time these sightings occurred, uh, one of our researchers on Mothy Talk, which is my Facebook discussion group, found that at Bohemian Grove, they, there used to be a Garuda statue. And if you know anything about Keel's work, the Garuda was one of his explanations for Mothman. You know, before they had the Moloch statue at Bohemian Grove, they had a Garuda statue. And this is so freaky. It was torn down 100 years to the day that, the, that this witness saw Mothman in Seward Park, and Mothman told him to remember door 11. And the 1111 number has come up so much. In fact, right after we met Keel, we, all of the researchers that met him, we all had started having weird synchronicities with the number 1111, including finding an address in Akron that was 1111 Independence Avenue, where they built buildings that looked like 1111 from the sky, and where Mothman was seen a week before I arrived there to investigate them. Just all these crazy synchronicities that I couldn't do justice here, but I really would have, if you're interested in synchronicity, uh, and this was really the birth of the synchromysticism movement, and I would credit John Keel with this because he was helping us to try to understand what this was all about at the time. This is right before he stopped talking to us. You know, that get like, get the uh, Mothman photographer series or uh, the Mothman Speaks or Shrieks or Squeaks, which is coming out soon. Mothman Squeaks is my next book. Get these and check it out. <laughs> You're kidding. Mothman Squeaks. I, Mothman it, Squeaks. And you know, you know, it's you got laugh. a ring to it, Andy. It's it got does. a ring to it. It does, but here's the thing. This is how Mothman is described by many people who have seen him. He squeaks, and I have heard the squeak myself. It is a real thing. And in fact, I have a picture of my sister's house in Mothman Speaks, I think. We heard the squeak there, several of us, and we were joking, well, that must be Mothman, right? You know. And literally, uh, not long after that, her house burned completely to the ground. Now, this isn't the first time that somebody who's had a UFO experience, and John Keel writes about this as well, where their house burns down. I think we just had one the other day, in fact. I'm trying to remember who the, who the witness was. Somebody we all know. Um, it's crazy stuff, but, you know, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's endless, too. It, it just goes it, on and well, on. Well, yes, it is. Uh, it, it, it just, it's, it's definitely a rabbit hole. And once you start on your way down, like Alice... Uh, you're going to end up at a Mad Hatter's tea party if you're not careful. We have to be careful about this. We have Andrew Colvin joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Yeah. 
the nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. An e-cig revolution is sweeping across the country. But is yours American-made? Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is. Manufactured in Arkansas with 100% USA-sourced ingredients. And when you buy American, you support local jobs. Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig is top quality at an affordable price. The very principle that once drove the American economy. Get great taste with no ash, tar, or smoke. You'll be wondering why you didn't make the change to Vapriate e-liquid by LaSig a long time ago. LaSig.com has everything you need for beginners to the advanced vaping enthusiast with a wide variety of hardware and also imported e-liquid flavors as well. Plus, LaSig smokes the competition with fast, free, same-day shipping, real people customer service, and a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. Support our country and become a Vapriate at LaSig.com or call 870-525-1440, 870-525-1440. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. A healthy digestive system supports a healthy immune system. And a healthy immune system protects you against infections and disease. Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse, available at Terragonics.com, is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic and is gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM1 contains three groups of beneficial microbes and enzymes to cleanse and remove toxins, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, and aids in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 
one is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, is non-GMO, has all-natural certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is never freeze-dried. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Is that the parrot cast, Chris O'Brien? <laughs> Andrew Colvin joins us trying to figure it out. Let's well, I'm chicken, boy. I, I got a bungee cord whenever I go down the rabbit hole because I want to bounce back out real fast sometimes. Well, well, you know, you got tens of thousands of bags of quebracho bark stored in Point Pleasant. Now, why yeah. is it there? <laughs> yeah, okay, what's up with that? Well, guess what they use it for? They make women's aphrodisiacs from it. For females. I don't know what that is exactly, but that's a, if you look it up, you'll see. Like, I, I couldn't, I, what were they doing? Were they doing a genetic experiments or something? It, <laughs> yeah, that, they're trying yeah. to attract more women into the military. But these, these bags were there for decades, and they were just removed two years ago, I think. We, I got pictures of them before they were taken out. They were all apparently sent to Asia. Wow, so that's, somebody got a, got a real good price for it. That doesn't seem like the right place to send them. I <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Especially now that China's relaxing the one-child policy. That's right. <laughs> what do you tell people, Andy, when, when you, know, you, you start talking about Mothman and, and the person is you know, fairly up to speed, although um, I think most people who have a passing knowledge of Mothman really don't understand the complexities and... and uh, just the volumes uh, of, of sightings. But what do you tell people that say, oh, Mothman was just a, a, an owl? People misidentifying some uh, very large owl that, uh, that freaks them out and they, they see the eyes and maybe they're, they're reflecting light or something. What, what is your, um, your stock kind of answer to that sort of uh, observation? And by the way, Chris, when you say owl, I do not want to say who. <laughs> Well, most of the witness didn't, witnesses saw something that was six feet, seven feet tall, so that's not an owl. You know, some of them had it speak to them in some fashion, you know. And others, uh, others had it squeak to them. Squeak. Some have, it, have had it in their bedroom, standing over them. I've even had people that said they have had sex with Mothman, but sort of in the dream state. They, you know, it was like they had a dream about it. Uh, having sex with this winged creature, and then they wake up and they're all sore, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, I don't know what to do with those exactly, but I put it in the same category, I guess, <laughs> as the people that get flown to Venus. Well, it almost kind of uh, sounds like an incubus. Yeah, yeah. Now, do I think Mothman is an incubus? I think there's variations uh, of it, maybe. But if you're looking at the Garuda legend, which is our oldest source, uh, the Garuda is a beneficial protector deity, particularly of women and children. Uh, he comes around at crisis points to save humanity. Um, he's known up. He's known to soak up the heat of warfare 
which makes me think that a lot of his sightings, and I've sort of correlated this, uh, seem to be associated with atomic plants. And Keel talked about this too. Places where munitions are built and so forth. So for me, he's an archetypal protector deity, an avatar who, who you know, somehow appears to people through their subconscious or whatever, collective unconscious. And he is trying to send messages about, I think, you know, what we're doing, what we're doing, we're heading down the wrong path, uh, we need to, he's trying to tell people something. And it's, I think it's a good message. Uh, and I don't think he's out to hurt anyone. And I don't think he has hurt anyone. And but he's sort of similar to the Thunderbird legend in, in the Native American lore, right? Which, you know, if you see the Thunderbird, a dream of the Thunderbird, you're considered to be a holy or artistic uh, kind of person after that, and they have secret societies for you to uh, to use the precognitive powers and psych- psychic powers that you are given. Some people already have these before they see Mothman, so it's not like Mothman is giving everybody psychic powers. I think that you know those people are just more likely to tap into their own subconscious and the collective unconscious and see these avatars and get messages uh that are seem to be beneficial and and uh you know it's considered to be a good omen in the native american world if you see the thunderbird so i i just see it that way interesting now you mentioned correlations now do we have a particular profile perhaps of of your 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 typical mothman uh, witness or experiencer uh are, are there any any consistencies uh uh, through witnesses, uh, or is it it pretty much uh, just kind of scattershot? It, it, there's no real uh, uh, defined personality type that is more uh, prone, let's say, to have a Mothman experience. Uh, Keel found that the people generally were psychic uh, beforehand, um, that they often had Native American blood or Celtic blood. Uh, many were lapsed Catholics. And your uh, your chances were higher of seeing Mothman if you were a uh, a female with Celtic or Native blood, and you were menstruating, and you were drive and you were the, a teacher of gifted children, and you were driving a Ford Galaxy five hundred. So, if a guy from <laughs> New York who happens to be Jewish, no hope for me, right? That's right. There's no hope, Gene. Well, people oh, have been saying well, that for me those, for a long uh, time. I got all those things. Maybe I'll see Moth- Mothman sometime. I'm a lapsed Catholic. Celtic, but you're not driving American a blood. Ford Galaxy, or did you ever drive a Ford Galaxy? My dad had a Galaxy 500 in 1966. Uh, Galaxy go. 500 convertible. It all comes out. Now we know. <laughs> Which I learned how to drive on. <laughs> oh, boy. It was a 66 Galaxy 500, too. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Powder blue. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, these creatures uh, seem to be attracted to, you know, not just Mothman, but Bigfoot. And, of course, they may be cousins or brothers or something, but they're attracted to infrared sources, of, uh, you know, so the Galaxy 500 puts off the most infrared signature. So, therefore, that's what Keel thought, that, that they're attracted to those hot sources. Like, uh, Bigfoot's always banging on uh, trailers, the air conditioners of trailers. Uh, because you know they put off a lot of heat and cigars guys that smoke cigars who are out hunting will sometimes have their cigar smacked out of their mouth by the creature so, aha uh, don ecker 
Did that happen to him? I don't know. He smokes cigars. <laughs> I'm well, not sure what happened to Don, but I, I, I don't think it was that. I don't think we dare mention that on the air. No, no, not at all. So that that's interesting. Uh, ask a ask a pointed question, expecting uh, kind of a, a shrug shoulder answer, and boy, you, you you've got it all nailed yeah. out there. Well, and I, you know, I have uh, I'm a quarter native, but it's a collection of different uh, tribes. So, but I, it all adds up to about a quarter. So, uh, and I, I guess you could say I'm a lapsed Catholic because my father was Catholic, but, and didn't, you know, he didn't go, uh, much to, uh, mass or anything. So, uh, and, uh, also Celtic. I also have Celtic, uh, Colvin is Cel- Celtic. So I'm a good candidate. And, you know, all of my, uh, all my, all my siblings have had either seen Mothman or had something similar uh, both of my sisters uh, have seen Mothman and uh, my niece and my brother has a very strange sort of uh, philosophy about star people, which I don't quite understand, but uh, he's a good guy. And, uh, and I'll, I trust him that, you know, he's got some connection to something going on there uh, with the uh, something from the stars. Okay. But the big question I would have here, speaking as someone who doesn't fit into any of these categories, I'm in a category by myself. All right. So what makes people in these particular areas with their cultural or their nationality, their various background elements, what makes them more sensitive to events of this sort? Is the force that's behind them focusing on particular categories of people? Do they just happen to be the people who traveled to the right locales? Maybe we can get into that in more detail in our final segment of the show. We're featuring Andrew Colvin with Gene and Chris. It doesn't get stranger than this. It rhymes also. You're in the Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices, a 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Well, the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me. Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're You're fired. fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're You're fired. fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned in to the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? But Paracast doesn't rhyme with this, I'm sorry to say. I'm not going to write any songs. I actually have written some song lyrics, but I don't want to share them with you, Chris, because you as a musician will look the other way and probably say things we don't want to mention on the air on a family radio show. Okay, so Andrew Colvin, explain. Why do you think people who fit into this background that you defined have elements of it would be more susceptible to strange events of this type? I think it's partly because they, they it's sort of in their DNA, uh, having a long uh, history of uh, nature worship. You know, the Celtic pagans and the Native Americans both. Uh, spending a lot of time and effort trying to be close to the land and observing nature. 
Uh, and I think that a lot of these, if you're in that category and you live in uh, certain areas, you are more, you know, that will increase your chances. Uh, like in mound areas where there's Indian mounds, uh, right. uh, there's something going on with Indian mounds. Uh, and every major city has them or did have them. Uh, especially in the in the Mississippi and Ohio valleys, and you know that's a huge area of the country. That's pretty much most of the country because there's seven thousand rivers that flow into the Mississippi, and there's uh, you know towns like Minneapolis, uh, even out in California. You know, I've, most of the cities out there used to have uh, mounds, and they have streets called Mound Street. Every city seems to have a Mound Street, and if you live on one of these, you know, I I I think the energies of whatever Tra- energies are trapped in these mounds even if they're torn down they're still emanating and you know i found some interesting stuff about tibetan buddhists who uh basically when they get old uh they will kill themselves inside of mounds they will meditate themselves to death and so that their spirit is trapped in the mound and then their bodies are chopped up and fed to um uh, vultures because they believe then that their spirit goes into the vultures. So you've got a bird connection here with death, right. which, which Mothman and Thunderbirds, Thunderbird especially, is very connected to, to the, other, the other side. Um, but I think and owls, too, in the Native American tradition are often associated as a portent of death. Yes. You know, interesting that you should talk about Celtic and, and uh, Native American uh, genetic uh, lineage. Daryl Sims uh, did quite an exhaustive uh, search and um, and study of abductees and found that uh, many of them had those two particular genetic uh, markers, uh, uh, Cherokee especially and uh, and Celtic uh, heritage. And uh, he said that if you're if you've got Celtic and, and Native American heritage, you're much more likely to to experience what has become known as the abduction phenomenon. Yeah, there's also a, an Egyptian connection uh, in that the Cherokee uh, tribes, you know, there's various ones within what they call Cherokee. Like mine, one of mine is the Saponi tribe, which is mostly in West Virginia. But also I have Montauk blood, which is from Long Island. And the Long Islanders, the Long Island Montauks have, have long said that they are direct descendants of the pharaohs of Egypt. and so. You know, you could have a lot of the spooky, you know, Egyptian stuff that's been brought over. And there's there's no doubt that there have been a lot of Egyptian artifacts found in the Ohio Valley, various copper implements and things. And very tall, uh, very tall skeletons, which sounds, you know, North African. And I don't know that they've done any DNA studies on these because it's all been suppressed. All of these skeletons have disappeared. I mean, this is a real phenomenon. Thousands of large, you know, 10, 11-foot skeletons have just disappeared into the Smithsonian, and we have no idea. Thousands? Uh, what, really? I didn't know the number was that high. I've heard of, of a, a number of, of claims, but I, I didn't know that it was, you know, we're talking numbers yeah. like that. Well, what happened was uh, they were all driven west uh, by uh, the regular Indians, uh, and they had a big battle in, I guess it would be Minnesota. And so there's a there's a field in Minnesota where there's like hundreds of these skeletons that were uh, killed in warfare. Uh, they were sort of driven over there and killed off in a pinch, pincer movement, you might say. 
Um, so they s- probably had European blood. I know that um, some of the tall skeletons in Florida that were buried in water burials, you know, could be were they were able to do DNA on them. And uh, these are like eight, ten thousand years old, and they have a European. They have European blood. So you know, Columbus wasn't the first European to come to America. And, and in fact, some of these people were, were were Moorish or Northern African. And I think they, you know, it's pretty clear that they interbred with the Indians. And so you have a really difficult time, I think, with the DNA studies here in America. But there's no doubt that there's been a a, a long time program to sort of suppress all of this knowledge because I think it's it's very troublesome politically for the European uh, rulers, you you know, the British or who, and and Dutch and so forth, to admit that, um, you know, they weren't the first here, and it sort of undermines their claims. You know, you have a group of uh, Washita Indians in um, Louisiana who claim to have been here the whole time; that they were not brought over from Africa. Uh, they're they're black Indians. Uh, they're still there, and they live around the Poverty Point area, which is like a 10,000, 12,000 year old city that was built around an enormous bird mound. So you, what you see is that not only were they Moorish uh, or European, but they also worshipped a Mothman-like deity. So I think that could explain why you still see Mothman in these mound areas. Interesting. Well, as as for the giants, uh, I've, I've heard um, that some of the skeletons have featured uh, two sets of teeth uh, mm-hmm. and also uh, red hair. So I guess we're dealing with the giant red-haired stepchild of uh, conventional archaeology here. Um, yeah. Because uh, there is no doubt that uh, that skeletons have been found, uh, at least according to some of the books and, and sources that I've read. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me a bit if there was a uh, you know, concerted effort to keep some of this, if not most of this information, uh, quiet. Yeah, red hair is actually African as well. Peter Moon's done a lot of good research on the trail of how the Celts came from Africa and then distributed themselves in England and everywhere else. And Well, so, supposedly uh, Akhenaten's daughter escaped uh, Scotia and, and became the uh, mm-hmm. uh, escaped to Scotland. That's where we get the, 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 the name Scotland from, from Scotia. Yep. So Sean stuff. Connery comes from Scotia. Uh, well, I'm not sure about that. I, I thought he was Welsh or something, wasn't he? No, he's Scotsman. Is he? Well, yeah, I guess so was David Tennant, the former Doctor Who, and so was Peter Capaldi, the current Doctor Who. Hey, hey, Gene, you don't have to worry because the rest of us need Mothman. We need this, you know, extra help. You guys don't. You, you're just. You're. You don't. You're okay. Well, you I do need Mothman. help, but some people suggest <laughs> is the kind of help that can't be provided on a paranormal radio show, and we really don't want to get into that kind of detail. I won't try again to detail the kind of help that Chris O'Brien might need. Hey there, Andrew Colvin, we're just about out of time. Can you tell our listeners where they can find more about all that stuff you do? Well, most of, uh, most of it's on Amazon. Well, all the books are on Amazon. Uh, I've also got some albums, uh, nine albums uh, from, from my band Interdimensional Vortex League, which can be found on Amazon, <laughs> as well as on iTunes and CD Baby. And uh, I have a group on Facebook called Mothy Talk, which is an excellent group. We have a lot of heavy hitters uh, there, some deep thinkers, 
uh, in various areas. So it's a good source uh, for all kinds of research. And uh, I, I recommend people just, con- you know, getting on there and asking to join the group if they're interested in more. Sounds exciting. Chris O'Brien has a great new book. I will tell you it's great because I've been reading it and helping him with the page layout. We're using Quartz Express, folks, not InDesign, so we can start that argument on the other show. It's called Stalking the Herd. Stalking the Herd coming real soon from Adventures Unlimited Press featuring Chris O'Brien. His site is OurStrangePlanet.com. That's OurStrangePlanet.com. You can find us on Twitter. We are known on Twitter as the Paracast. There is also two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. I don't know why we're so popular, but we are. And if you're looking for me, look for Gene Steinberg. More than likely, if you see the guy in the plaid shirt with a strange-looking face, he's me. Andrew Colvin, thanks for joining us this week on the Paracast. My pleasure. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>